welcome to the bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that the life of a Jesus follower is a resilient life. And so every single month we have conversations around topics that build a resilient life. And for this month, we've decided to have a conversation about what it's like to transition from being a couple with no kids to a couple with kids. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's topic. It's uh, There's a lot in it. And in some ways, I think we look so much at how to parent the kid, but we don't look enough at how do we transition ourselves into it. And as you and I were just talking a little bit ago, reflecting on kind of what that season was like, we've, we have been parents uh, for over six years now. Ooh. In some ways, I go, man, that I don't even remember what it was like uh, to be that person who was not responsible for other people all of the time. But it's a massive transition. So we hope that our experience uh, will give you a little bit of insight if you find yourself in that season or looking toward that season. Yeah. And so I was just going to say, whether you have gone through that season yourself and you want to compare notes here and and relive some of that experience, whether you are single and with hopes to get married one day and to have kids and to transition into this, or whether you're getting ready to do it right now, we believe that this is going to be a a life-giving conversation for you. So we're happy to dive in. And, you know, when we think about those people that become parents, The stats are that in the United States, just over 50% of people become parents, which is really interesting when when you think about that. And that number is a number that continues to to decrease, or Mm. at least it continues to get delayed as couples are getting older and older and older before they're starting to have kids. And so it's important that we're having conversations about how to make that transition because so much of the information that is given is about how to be a single well how to be a couple well, and maybe how to be a parent well, but we're talking about how to transition into this last category. Yeah, and I know one of the reasons we said, man, this is so important to talk about is because as we've been looking at different uh, you know, information and studies on marriages, one of the critical seasons is this transition from being uh, individuals to being people who are now parenting are responsible for someone else and how couples make that transition. And if they make that transition together, uh, certainly it can happen uh, both ways with either gender, but statistically it is easier for moms to make that transition. I think in some ways they have more prep time if they're a mom who has carried their child. Um, And, you know, I don't know whether that's a a biological driver or not is is not maybe my area to say, but just data wise, we see that moms tend to make that transition generally a little bit more easier of understanding, oh, I'm now a caretaker responsible for someone else. But sometimes it's really challenging for the dad to make that transition. And when and if that happens in a relationship, that becomes a big stress stressor on the couple um, where one person is carrying something that the other isn't or the other spouse feels like the, the, you know, the other one is kind of always trying to drag them backwards. So making that mental emotional shift together is a real driver in making sure that both couples are growing together at the same time. Yeah, and so whether you are taught about it in school or maybe it's something that you learn about in in your family network about starting to think about what it will be like being a parent one day, I know that I didn't grow up with that experience of a lot of conversations about one day you're going to be a father Mm. and so I'm going to teach you that life isn't all about you. Essentially, what we're all taught, at least in the West, we're taught about life is all about you. Mm. 
particularly you know millennials well, and that's and adolescents right, now, right? Yeah. yeah you know, you you think that the world revolves around you right. and then all of a sudden inevitably you become a parent and you realize that is not true. My life and my worldview has just become shattered because everything does not revolve around me anymore. Yeah. Now everything revolves around my child. And if we don't transition that season well, then it can become incredibly disrupting for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even I know I know I was just talking about, you know, couples who make that transition together, but even in in scenarios where parents are co-parenting and maybe aren't in a marriage situation, I think even more so to go, hey, we're making this transition together for the sake of this person that we are now responsible for, how are we both going to, you know, be equal players in raising this child? And like you said, you're often, you step into it and you go, this is somewhere I've never been before. This is somewhere that I have never like stepped in and I don't have a lot of framework for it and I don't have a lot of experience in it. And I don't, I don't know what to do with all of this. Um, yeah. And, and, whether you grow in that or it, it kind of, you know, creates some some breakages in your relationship, I think is is really in how you approach it. Yeah. And so whether you are part of the community that had an abrupt transition into being a parent or whether you're part of the community that has decided to lengthen that transition process to become a, a parent. I, I know that for some people, the, the desire is to first get a plant and then to get a, uh, a dog and then to, you know, to move on into a child after then, you know, to, yeah, to yeah. spend years preparing for parenthood, regardless of what, what camp you find yourself in. Uh, we're so glad that you're here, part of this conversation, so that we can talk about how to prepare well for, uh, for parenthood. So, so, Meredith, what would you say is uh, maybe some of the perceptions that you had growing up about what the world says it's like to transition into parenthood? Yeah, I think particularly at the moment, one of the things I hear a lot of, and, and maybe even some of the messages that I got, is um, that it, it, in some ways, are really negative, right? That it's a downer almost that it's kind of going to steal your life that it's going to ruin you you better have all your dreams and have all your they fun take all beforehand your money. They take yeah all, yep, yep, yep. which i mean there's some truth to that they take a lot of your money they take a lot of your <laughs> sleep they, i can see how they got there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i i didn't hear enough maybe of the other side of that as well of the joy that it is of the incredible thing that it is to be responsible for for raising someone who is going to go out and and bring good into the world and influence the world. I mean, obviously, that's at least our, our goal in parenting. Um, you know, I know one of the things you and I love to travel so much. I can't tell you how many people said to us things like when we would go somewhere, oh, get it in now because you're never going to travel later. Right. Or like while we were pregnant, we'd be like, oh, all the traveling's over. And, um, you know, I, th I think things become more complicated. But for us, that just hasn't been our experience. Um, and so I, I think a lot of that is what leads to so many people delaying having kids for so long. Um, is or, or resenting having kids or resenting once they it. get yeah, here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, because they feel like I'm not allowed to do these other things anymore. Um, but for us, it's, I mean, it's certainly had its stressors, but it's been filled with so much joy and so much adventure and new excitement and love and, and all of that as well. Um, that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't see the messaging doesn't line up with my experience to me. Yeah. And, and maybe I, maybe I see this incorrectly, but one of the ways that I viewed transitioning into becoming a parent was that I viewed our child, our eldest child, Theodore, in this mm -hmm. instance, 
as he was joining our family and he was joining our lives, we aren't so much joining his life Mm. in that sense. And so uh, his responsibility was to come into our family. Our responsibility wasn't to um, end everything that we're doing and all of our responsibilities and all of our hobbies and interests and passions to end all of that so that we could make the world revolve around him. He was becoming a part of our family and needed to learn our culture and needed to learn our values and those kinds of things. And so I think that that just helped me frame uh, my, maybe my perception on on what was happening so that I knew I didn't have to end all of the things that I wanted to be doing, um, which which I think helped with that transition a little bit. And, yeah. and like you said earlier, I, I do think that there's a difference between mothers and fathers. Mm-hmm. I know that obviously with mothers carrying the child in the in the womb for nine months, you have that time of connection and bonding and just huge stereotype dads and, and men in particular are, are, are typical. Um, I, I like to get things done. Mm-hmm. I like to knock jobs out, task oriented. And so we see our role in preparing for the child as let me assemble the crib or let me make sure that the clothes are purchased or let me make sure that the room is painted or let me make sure that the car seat is installed. All of those kinds of things rather than how can I connect and nurture this child that is growing in the womb or how can I connect with them from an early age when they first get here. Yeah, totally. And I think I want to just jump back to that that first point you were making. And because I think that's part of what we want to unpack today is that concept of you already have this life that you're living, mm-hmm. that this child is coming into. And so you have this tension as you transition into it of how do we then um, continue to be involved in those things? How do we, we don't drop everything that we have been been part of or everything that God has put in us or every, you know, relationship that we have. At the same time, there are massive adjustments that have to take place in our life to now make space for this whole another human who is totally dependent. And how we do that, I think, really sets up the foundation of what kind of parents we're going to be. So can you give some examples then of maybe some of the adjustments that you had to make from being a a married spouse, a married woman with no kids to being a married woman with kids? What did you have to change? Yeah, absolutely. So I think just like really practically, both of us work outside of the home. Um, So I know I went into our firstborn with all of these ideas about all of these things I was going to do while I was on maternity leave. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm going to have eight weeks off. I have really generous maternity leave. And I thought, I'm going to have eight weeks off. That's like the most time I'd ever taken off in my life since high school right. summer vacation, I'm right? I'm going to write a book. Yeah. I'm going to clean the house. I had all yeah. these projects that I had lined up. And, and making that shift once he arrived to realizing how much he needed me, how much, um, how present it's important to be and to not just, I mean, I can be very task driven as well um, and can lean towards, okay, well, uh, they've been fed, they've been changed. Let me go do some jobs now. But really leaning into actually your, your presence with your child has a huge amount of value as well. There are so many um, building blocks that are happening and their ability to attach to the world, their ability to respond to the world, their, their capacity for yeah, love. Their emotional health and even the subconscious. A hundred percent. Their feeling of security and, and all of that that's happening during that season. So making that shift where I realized actually sitting here 
holding him is is doing something right right now and it's enough and uh, yeah and that's enough that was a huge shift for me you know initially um to realize just that i think the power of that presence yeah and i would say for me one of the things that i had to transition you know this took many conversations between meredith and i and, and we didn't we didn't learn this by default or didn't figure this out on day one of parenting the reality was meredith took on a lot of the responsibility of caring for for our son in in terms of time blocks and schedule and and almost the way that it fell was that the default was that Meredith was going to become the primary caregiver and then if I wanted to then I could enter into that however if I wanted to go and spend time with friends or go and do different things I could go and do that and I wouldn't so much have to check on what her schedule was I would just go and do that and I might let her know but I didn't have to find out, did she have plans at all? Because she was going to become the caregiver. And so one of the things that we then transitioned was, let's make sure that we have a block of time or several blocks of time throughout the week that Meredith can go out or Meredith can have some personal care time, whether it's just going to sit at a cafe or going for a walk where I become that primary caregiver in that sense. And then obviously that's transitioned again as we've gone from one kid to two kids to three kids to now we make sure that we are checking with each other before we make plans or at least looking at each other's calendar and seeing does that work well for me to to go out and spend some time to get with someone else yeah i think that was a massively important season for me because we we've both been very involved parents when you were there you're very active in you know in feeding the the we only have boys and feeding the boys you're very active in you know in diaper seasons and changing diapers and changing and getting everyone ready Praise the lord that but diaper season will end soon. we yeah we see the end in sight <laughs> right. um but but what yeah exactly what was happening is you know the sitter would leave we would go to work the sitter would leave at a certain time and i would know okay i have to be home by this time but then your schedule was largely running how it had before we had kids right? in, in, in what you just described. And that was creating a lot of um, just stress in my life. And I, and I think probably m- maybe resentment or just this feeling of I have to schedule in with you anytime I want to go have dinner with a friend or, you know, go to a store or whatever um, and basically come home late, but you can just do it whenever. So those conversations were really critical for us. And the way we solved that problem initially, just to give you a really practical handle on that, if you find yourself in this season, is we picked one night a week. I think it was Tuesday nights um, for a while that Phil committed to not scheduling things during that time frame. And that way I knew that's my night to go out. And I always, and I didn't have to, you know, quote unquote, check in with him, which maybe sounds really basic and maybe isn't important to you. But for me, it gave me a feeling of freedom again. Like I have some autonomy in my life while also being able to be present and know, um, you know, I'm here for my kid and I can come in um, to this space ready and charged. I think that's a way that we really practically um, kind of answered that. Um, and and really that, that transition through that season, it, it makes me think about how 
you know, often people struggle with transitioning from being single to being in a relationship or yeah. from, from being in a dating relationship to being in a, in a married relationship. And I remember that's something that we had to have conversations yeah. about as well was that I would go out with friends and I wouldn't check in with you or I would, you know, want to go you and love travel. to go out. I love to go out and do things, <laughs> yeah. right? I love to fill my calendar. I'm much more full. introverted. I'm like, I'm just at home. Right. Where's Meredith? She's at home <laughs> Yeah, by herself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I, I, you know, struggled making that transition from from a dating relationship to a married relationship, and then struggled making that transition mm. from from a married relationship into being a you know co-parent relationship mm. in, in in this marriage uh, because we had to have conversations where I realized the the season has changed for Meredith, but mm. it's important that that season changes for me as well, or else I'm not taking the responsibility that I have for the relationship and the reality that we have together. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think even, I mean, I would just say to say you struggled with it, I think probably is harsher on yourself than the for way that days. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you responded really quickly as soon as we kind of had those conversations. And I think you saw it really quickly. You adjusted and adapted really quickly. Um, but it is just an an adjustment for sure. Um, I, I would almost think of it the, about like like if you change jobs at work, like your job is changing, right? Now you have a job title of parent. And this new job comes with new responsibilities and it comes with new a new schedule and it comes with, you know, new new structures and new systems and new th- skills that you have to learn in it. Um, and if you've ever transitioned jobs, you know that the the learning curve on that can be really big. Um, and I, I think in some ways parenting is the same way where you go, oh, I have to look at my life differently and I have to be a new person in this season. I was thinking about um, how you've talked a few times, though, about what the transition was like for you, even uh, emotionally and in terms of the connection that you had with the boys or, or maybe didn't always feel super early um, into parenting. Uh, and and how often you've said that as you've talked about that more, you've been able to connect with other dads about that a similar feeling. Yeah, I, I thought that there was something wrong with me when really when each of our children came along. So we have two biological children and one adopted child. And for all three of them, it's taken a season of time, whether it be two weeks, three weeks, a month, or or even longer, to really feel a connection with the child. And mm-hmm. I always thought, you know, growing up or thinking about becoming a parent one day, I thought that the moment that I set eyes on this child, mm-hmm. I'm going to feel this deep connection and this profound intimacy with this child and it wasn't the case and I immediately thought there's something wrong with me there's something broken you know why and Mm, I started thinking why am I not connected to this child and then the longer that that goes on the more that I started thinking maybe that will never take place Mm. maybe maybe I'll never feel a connection with this child and I just need to get over that and I need to move on and maybe this is why dads aren't as engaged in parenting stereotypically and and all of that. And then I realized it changed for me. I, I, I think for for women in particular, when the, the child is growing in your womb, you already have this this proximity yeah. with the child. You already have this connection of of knowing that this child is dependent on me. Mm. And so for being a dad who or being a, a person who's more oriented around what can I do sitting with the child when when the child doesn't 
want to do anything slash can't do anything. anything, Yeah. Right. I would sit there and I'd think, well, I I don't know how to bond with this Mm. three day old little boy because I can't, I can't play catch with him and I can't teach him how to fish. And I like, what am I going to do with him right now? He's not talking back to me. I can't teach him any math or science. Right. So all of that. And I realized the value in just sitting and being present and then over that next season started feeling that deep intimacy and, and the way that the child then starts to look at you and the way that the child starts to recognize you and the way that the child starts to smile when you're around and, and when the child hears your voice, when you start seeing some of those reactions and responses, yeah. that's where that's where that changed for me. And it did take some time and it did change between a biological son and and, and an adopted son. That's what I was getting ready to ask because a lot of the the thought that you had, at least between what maybe uh, drove that, was the difference between a mom carrying the child and you know and a dad not carrying the child. But did you feel like that experience was the same? Our middle son is adopted. If you you know probably wouldn't know that if you're just jumping on the bonus cast. So we have two biological sons, um, our oldest and our youngest, and then our middle son has been adopted. Did you feel like that experience was the same for you with all three of the boys because your experience was more similar in terms of the way that they entered the world or did you still feel kind of a difference in how that connection happened? I don't think that I felt a difference in terms of the process. I think that it was delayed with our adopted son. Mm. And I have heard that that's normal from other adopted uh, adoptive dads mm. from other parents that have gone through the same process that it takes longer, but eventually you get to that point of yeah. seeing this child and, and maybe there's some deep scientific, you know, biological markers sure, of like when knows? I look at the child, they don't necessarily look, they don't look like they have my eyes or mm. my wife's chin or some of those kinds of things. Um, but th- at the same stage, I think that God has put in us, um, a desire to be relational and yeah. a desire to connect and a desire for intimacy and to nurture and, so, and care. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, through all of that and, and spending time with him, regardless of biological or adoptive relationship, um, they have all changed so that I see them all in, in the beautiful intimacy of being my sons. So how would you describe your connection with each of them now at this stage? Our oldest being six, our middle son being three, and our youngest son being one. Yeah, it depends on the day and yeah, how well yeah, they're, yeah. they're listening and <laughs> responding. <That's great. laughs> how they got out of bed that morning. Yeah. No, it, it, it's all the same. I, I, don't, I often forget that we have an adopted son. Which yeah, is not to say same. that it it's not something that we you know talk about or you know it's it's a part of our life, but I don't look at them and think that as a primary thought anymore. I yeah. see them all as my sons, yeah, yeah, I feel the same way i th- I think my transition um I felt the difference in our transition because of in some ways the time we didn't have a long runway on knowing when our middle son was arriving in our household. We had a vague knowing. Four hours. Yeah. Got a phone call on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And then four hours later, he was in our home. Exactly. We knew that we had been licensed and all of that. But yeah, we woke up one morning, the parent of one kid, and went to bed that night, essentially parents of two kids, a a longer process till his finalization, of of course. But, um, But I think that in some ways, not having that growth, I felt more, I felt connected to him really quickly, but I felt like I didn't know him. I remember having like that feeling, whereas with our other two, I already had the sense of like, oh, I, I know, I know who you are. 
Um, I remember looking at our middle son and, and feeling all of this love and connection and just the profound, you know, beauty and, and kind of pain in the situation, but feeling like, I don't, I don't know who you are and I have to learn you, um, really, really quickly. And, um, but now same thing. I know we've talked about it many times. I sometimes forget in some ways that he's adopted, even though we talk about it all the time with him and, and communicate with him, you know, that that's how God brought him into our life and all of that. Um, it, they all feel a hundred percent like our boys to us. And I would just totally not actually where we were going with today, but I would just say, if you're thinking about adoption or considering it or any, or, you know, maybe if you're not sure what your next step is because you haven't been able to get pregnant in the way you have, man, adoption has just been such a beautiful part of our life. Um, it has grown our hearts in such a big way. And I think there is uh, such a a beautiful reflection of the way that God, you know, has adopted all of us, the way that he says he takes us and, and sets us in families and has adopted us into his household that, that I'm reminded of and reflected um, through our own journey of adoption. Yeah, absolutely. I, I often think uh, about adoption in, in the sense of that's what God has done yeah, for same. us and to us. And so it's a beautiful thing to be able to do for other children that are in need as well. Yeah. And you know, when we think about the the Bible and, and really what the Bible says about um, about parenting, we often think about scriptures about how to raise your kids. And if you raise your kid right, then they won't depart from it. Scriptures mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do not spare the the rod, yeah. right? Or you'll spoil the child. You know, some parents. I love heard that. that one a lot when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm doing it because I love you, right? Um, and and then of course, you know, we know scripture that that talks about children honoring their parents and and parents disciplining their children so that they um, so that they are are raised well and that they can walk in the right path Um, but there isn't a lot of scripture that talks about transitioning into parenthood Mm, you know we we know that the bible says in, in in the book of psalms about about how parenthood starts with pregnancy, about how God yeah. formed the child in the mother's womb and that yeah. God knew the child that was being created inside the womb. But but transitioning for that relationship, the Bible doesn't say too much about that. So Meredith, would you talk for a moment about maybe from a scriptural perspective or, or spiritual uh, perspective about how you kind of understand um, the role or the transition into parenthood and what that's been like? Yeah, I I think something I would keep in the front of my mind and that I do is um, in Psalm 127, where it says that children are heritage from the Lord and and a reward, right? They're a reward for us, which I guess goes against even where we started that cultural thought that somehow children are a burden or somehow children are holding us down or holding us back or it's actually it's my it's my joy it's my privilege to make this transition. It's an honor. It's yeah. yeah, it's my honor that I get to let go of some things in my life to take on this amazing thing of being a parent of these kids, to take on this amazing thing of getting to grow them and shape them and and hopefully send them out into the world as productive, kind, useful people who are adding goodness to to the world around us. Um, so I think that framework has helped me a lot in in how to make that transition. Um, and I think the way that God sees it I think what we understand, while while you're right, there's not a lot of clear scripture on that transition. Um, What we do see is the way that God loves children and the way that God cares for children and the value that God gives to the season of childhood. And so that we should see it the way that he sees it 
um, and that we should respond to it, I think, in the way that he has responded to it. Absolutely. I, th- I think that that's great. Hey, let's make sure we fast speed hit some of these practicals because I feel like we've talked longer than we normally talk, have we? I'm not keeping let's track of it. time. Absolutely. But let's bang through some of these practicals because if you find yourself in this season, I want you to maybe just hear from our experience some things that we implemented, some ways that we approached transitioning into the season of parenthood that maybe you can have conversation around and that might help you. Yeah, speaking of conversations, so the first one that we'd recommend is to make sure that you're having regular conversations with your co-parent that might be your spouse or or otherwise about what what you need and what they need and then also what your kid needs to make sure that you're transitioning. Otherwise, you're going to inevitably end on different pages and you want to make sure that you're all seeing this correctly. A hundred percent. And that's an ongoing conversation, right? Because that's going to keep changing as the kid grows and as your life grows. Um, One of the things we do is that we block family time on our calendars first. We're big believers in like utilizing the calendar that you plan your priorities in life. So some of the first things that go on our calendar are some blocked out regular time for family time. Uh, That way we know when we're scheduling other things that 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 gets scheduled around the time that we need with our boys and with one another. So that's been a huge thing for us. Yeah. And thirdly, I would say talk to other parents as much as possible in the early days. So maybe when you first find out that you're pregnant and you got nine months of preparation or when the baby first comes or whatever, speak to other parents as much as possible so that you can learn about what their their experience has been like. For example, one of the things that I... I got from one of the other parents that I was speaking with was when I would express, I'm not feeling connected to our son. They said, well, there's so much value in just sitting and being still and you don't have to do things with them. You can just sit and that's enough. And when I started doing that, that's when I, I viewed that that relationship changed. And so that would be one thing that I received and I would encourage you to make sure that you're spending time with and speaking with other parents. Yeah, 100%. Something we've done for years, which we actually tried to adjust recently. And then we gave it, I think, like about a two-month run and realized this isn't actually working for us. So years ago, we started doing like what we call an alternating morning schedule. Maybe won't make sense in everyone's context, but it's been hugely helpful for us um, in that every other morning, one of us is kind of like the, the parent who's on and takes on all of the, the, the caring for the kids. They get everybody out of bed. They get everyone breakfast. They start getting everyone dressed, all of those types of things. And then the other parent has some time in the morning um, to do devotional time or to get an exercise in or, you know, um, basically sleep in if they want to really to do what they want to do with their kind of extra 45 minutes um, in that time slot. For us, with I think with both of us working outside the home and having, you know, three little kids who are still so dependent on us, it's been a real game changer as well to make sure the boys are cared for, getting that attention, as well as to make sure we're both having regular time to get filled up. Um, yeah. And like I said, we thought after six years, oh, maybe we'll try something different. And after about an eight week trial period, we said, nope, that's not working anymore. Constant evaluation. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Tweaking that. Yeah. And I'd say lastly for, um, for people that are getting ready to make this transition, I would say consider about how the baby that is getting ready to join your family is going to impact different things. The, mm-hmm. the baby's obviously going to impact your relationship with your significant other. The baby is obviously going to impact your friendships that you have. Consider about how that's going to change. It might impact how frequently you can see them or, or how long you can see them or, or where you're going to see them. So consider about how that's going to impact your friendships and maybe plan for that now so you 
you might think, you know what, in a month's time, I want to get together with my with my girls or with my guys and, and we can hang out, but schedule those things out or else you often find that having children can be all-consuming and then years go by and you think, whatever happened to that friend that I had before? Yeah, totally. Especially that's true if you're the first friend in your group that is transitioning into becoming uh, a parent. Yeah, absolutely. So considering really that and, and also consider about how the baby is going to impact your your personal devotional time as well. What yeah, is your huge. your spiritual connection with God going to look like on the other side of this and making sure that you're preserving and guarding that space or again, having a child can be all-consuming and, and maybe you used to get up at 6 a.m. and you used to spend that time in your word and in devotionals and, and in prayer but now the child gets up crying, you know, every morning yeah. at 6 a.m. And, and it consumes that time. So when are you going to be able to make sure that you're still guarding and valuing and placing emphasis on, on that devotional time? Yeah. And, and knowing, I would say, with that, that, that it's, it's going to have to adjust as well. That while it's something that you want to prioritize, going into your devotion is is likely going to look different. If you used to do an hour of prayer and 30 minutes of reading your word, which, you know, probably not all of us are doing very often, but let's just say that was kind of your your morning, it's not likely that that's going to be able to be your same devotional style during those early baby years and to be okay with that, to ask God, what does this time need to look like now for me to be all of the things that you've called me to be? Absolutely. I think the last thing I would just say on it is know that you're going to mess it up sometimes and it's going to get, you know, you're going to miss it sometimes and you're going to come back to those conversations and go, I'm not feeling like I'm being a great parent right now or I'm not feeling like this structure is working for us or serving us right anymore. Um, and then it's going to be constant trial and error. Uh, but if you make that mental shift into I am now a parent and the priority in my life is making sure that I raise these little people, I care for these little people, and I'm supporting my co-parent well, uh, then you're, I just believe you're going to keep walking in it. You're going to do great at it. Um, you're going to keep moving forward in it. Wise. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out for today's bonus cast here with Phil and Meredith. We hope that this conversation has been life-giving, that it has provided some resilient wisdom into your life about how you can transition and if this conversation has been beneficial to you chances are that it would also be beneficial to someone else and so we want to encourage you to share it make sure that you let people know about it make sure that you like subscribe all that good stuff so that we can continue producing good content and if there's any conversations that you'd like for us to have down the line make sure that you write us and let us know so that we can be diving into topic that is beneficial for you but for today thanks for hanging out god bless you and bye for now